0: Hey, welcome back to Accelerated Investor. This is Josh. I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, on this podcast episode, I'm interviewing Dr. Richard Smith. He's the founder of Risk Smith. And we're going to have a conversation today about understanding your own behavior when it comes to making investments. And in uncertain times like these with coronavirus, we need to understand the risk of our investments, how to calculate risk. And he is a Nobel Prize winning He's going to leverage some Nobel Prize winning research to to show you how to remove emotion uh, to make successful investments. So when you're about to hit the button to make a trade or you're about to sign a purchase agreement to buy a piece of real estate or sell a piece of real estate, that you can have the confidence to know that you're making the right decision in building your long-term wealth. I'm excited to have Dr. Richard Smith on The Accelerated Investor. I hope you enjoy
1: this interview. Take a listen. Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. Josh Cantwell. If you love entrepreneurship and investing in real estate, then you are in the right place. Josh is the CEO of Freeland Ventures Real Estate Private Equity and has personally invested in well over 500 properties all across the country. He's also made hundreds of private lender loans and owns over 1,000 units of apartments. Josh is an expert at raising private money for deals, and he prides himself on never having had a boss in his entire adult life. Josh and his team also mentor investors and entrepreneurs from all over the world. He doesn't dream about doing deals, he actually does them, and so do his listeners and students. Now sit back, listen, Listen, learn, learn. and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing. (laughs) with the Accelerated Investor Podcast.
0: So welcome back to Accelerated Investor. I'm here with Dr. Richard Smith, and we're excited to have this conversation today. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, Richard, why don't you just jump in right off the rip and tell us a little bit more about, with all of your background and experience and market cycles and investing, what are you working on right now today in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic? What are you working on that you're excited for? What new information are you learning? What are some things that you think that you're most excited to tell our audience that you're working on today? that might help them with their investing going forward?
2: Well, thanks, Josh. It is great to be here with you and your audience. So thanks very much for having me. And, you know, I'm really excited about one thing in particular, and that is how can I use technology to help individual investors really uh, master what I regard as kind of the last mile problem of successful investing? And what is that, that last mile? Do, what do you mean by that? It's human behavior. Yes. So, um, that darn you know, thing I've called emotion, or something called emotion, but it's, you know, it's more than just emotion because we're, you know, we're heart, uh, but we're also head. And, you know, we also are, uh, like physical, right? So sometimes, I mean, have you seen that, heard about that study of like Israeli judges who, uh, you know, they're less, um, uh, forgiving in parole, um, you know, uh, uh, hearings, you know, like an hour before lunch, you know. Oh, <laughs> they tend to grant <laughs> more parole when their bellies are full and less, you know, right about when it's time to uh, break for lunch. Oh, wow! So literally, there are so many drivers of our decision making that people don't really understand. And look, you know, I'm a data guy. I'm a math guy. I love the data. I love the analytics. Um you know, I love the numbers at the same time, you know, the, uh, the central factor in all of your decision-making is you. Right. And, um, so I think there's an incredible opportunity with technology today and especially how intimate technology is becoming in our lives and how much it's with us all the time. Right. In particular in our mobile devices and even wearables that, um, I think there's a huge opportunity to, um, for those people that are willing to, you know, uh, be, um, who love self knowledge, right? And who are willing to examine themselves and want yeah. to, um, you know, self actualize, let's just say, uh, who want to continuously improve. You know, I think there is a cohort of people out there that want to do that. There, and there's a lot of people who have, you know, really want to be involved in the markets, but have been burned. Sure. Um, No doubt. Because the markets are really tough, you know, I always tell people it's sort of like, um, you know, you're starting out investing, right? And you have good intentions and, uh, but it's sort of like you're walking into the MMA octagon and you haven't even been to the gym.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Not really sure what
2: to do. (laughs) Not really sure what to do. And not just, not that you're not sure what to do, but there's lots of people out there who are sure what to do. Yeah. And they are going to eat your lunch, bro. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's just how the markets are set up. So, look, there's a, you know, the last mile of successful investing and speculation in all its forms is, you know, the behavioral enigma. And so what I think you, what, Dave Ramsey in the personal finance space has done a great job of bringing people's attention to behavior. Like he says, it's, it's really 80% behavioral and 20% informational, you right. know, and I agree with that. Um, so, that's what I'm excited about. I am actually developing new financial technology that I uh, um, call Behaviorally Informed. So, okay. how do we give people a user experience and interaction with the markets that not only presents, you know, the right data at the right time um, for you, right? But also really incorporates some of the technology available to us today um, to help you kind of better self-assess, um, do a, get a better sense of your own uh, risk tolerances, right, right, and really execute. You know, because that's the biggest problem that I see individual investors have is that we're jumping from one thing to another, you know, and we don't really self-assess. We don't um, uh, select a strategy that's going to be a good fit for us and then execute like nobody's business, you know, that's what it takes to be successful. You want to know what differentiates the winners from the losers in the markets. It's consistency,
0: Yeah, and people
2: are inconsistent. You know, it's like, oh, that didn't work. Let me go try something else. Oh, that didn't work. And I'm just speaking from my own experience. You know, yeah, I was literally, you know, when I started investing, I was finishing up my PhD in the mathematics of uncertainty, right? And it's 1998, and I get in the market and I run my account up 300 percent, man. You know, oh, I'm patting myself on the back, going, "Geez, what a brilliant guy! Must be the PhD." And then March 2000 hits you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm literally like an expert in the theory of risk, you know, but I'm like a deer in the headlights, man. Like, I'm, just, I'm just like flat-footed, you know? I'm lying to myself constantly about what I'm going to do and when I'm going to do it and why I'm going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, God, oh, you know, I'm down 25%. Well, can't keep do- going down from here, you know, if it just goes back up another 10%, I'll get out then. You know, I'm not going to get greedy. And then it goes back up another 10%. It's like, well, God, that's up 10%. Might keep going up. Maybe I'll not get out from here, right? So, you know, we're telling ourselves stories and, um, and not following the rules. You know, we're like, uh, you know, um, like dust in the wind. So, moving. Um, and it doesn't matter how smart you are, how intelligent you are, how many tools you have in front of you. You know, uh, so how do we, Doctor really... Richard? How do we
0: start to harness the couple things that you mentioned? So to start to yeah. unpack that with a couple <laughs> things that I just heard, yep. that I think that our yeah. audience is thinking is, all right. So if it's twenty percent knowledge and eighty percent behavior, yeah. What are some tools or mindsets that allow us to harness the proper behaviors um, to consistently do that? Is it? taking a longer term approach and not worrying about the day to day so much, because we know that if we're, you know, we're convinced that a certain strategy will work long term in the stock markets, in the real estate markets. We know that strategy is going to work. We've been educated on it. We understand it. We're convicted in it. But something bad happens in the short term. The behavior could say, I don't want to do that anymore. But you've yep. already convinced yourself that it's going to work if you do it long term. So is that a part of that solution? If we have yes. the proper data, then on the execution, like so many people analyze, 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 then all of a sudden they're ready to click the button to buy that sh- those shares of stock or they're ready to sign the purchase agreement to buy that piece of real estate. And then they freeze, yep. even though the knowledge says this is the right decision. But the emotion says, I'm scared. I'm fearful. Yeah. Right. Yep. How do we get beyond? Because behavior and fear, behavior yep. and execution is if you, when you have the knowledge, then that there's that second step, which is like you said, yes. it's that last yard. It's that last mile. And yes. so many people are like, oh, and then they finally do it. Then they do something wrong and then they
2: never jump back in. Right. Yeah. So I got a couple answers to that question. Mm-hmm. One is I just have to tell you about probably what I think is the biggest Um, behavioral bias that undermines people being successful in the stock market and probably in most all speculative speculative activities. All right. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll get to something more uh, concrete after this, but look, it really is important to understand how you work, Mm -hmm. right? I think it's the most important thing actually. So two Nobel prizes in economics have been awarded now for pointing out the fact that we hate to lose, mm-hmm. okay? Um, Daniel Kahneman in uh, the early 2000s, he was along with Amos Tversky, the founder of Prospect Theory and kind of credited with the founding of Behavioral Finance. And, um, and then more recently in the last few years, Richard Thaler, um, who was Daniel Kahneman's student. He's at MIT now. Um, and, uh, he got the Nobel prize in economics for adding to Kahneman's, um, Nobel prize work of, we hate to lose. I mean, how shocking is that, right? You can get a Nobel prize for that. Wow. I hate (laughs) to lose. I wish my daughter
0: hated to lose last night at volleyball. They were having too much fun and they got their butts kicked and I had to tell her, I mean, I know it's it's summer sand volleyball, but you gotta hate to lose.
2: Yeah. It's not a problem that we hate to lose, but. Um, So here's the rub, okay, when it comes to investing, at least. I'm not sure this applies to volleyball and and life, but let's (laughs) talk about investing for the moment. We'll see. In my newest real estate
0: investing book, The Flip System, you'll learn the proven secrets and strategies that I've used to be a successful real estate investor. You'll also hear the story of my journey from quitting my job to doing over 2,000 units of apartments. The flip system is now available for a limited time and you can grab your free copy at get slash podcast. You'll learn the same proven principles and secrets and investing strategies that I used to quit my job and pursue a life of financial freedom. In this book, I'm sharing exactly how I was able to personally close over 750 profitable real estate deals, make over 400 private lender loans, raise over $30 million, and acquire over 2,000 units of cash-flowing apartments. Get my newest book now for free at getflipsystem.com slash podcast. That's Get flipsystem.com slash
2: podcast. So, the fact that we hate to lose has different consequences for when we're losing and when we're winning on an investment. Okay. Okay. When you are losing on an investment, when you're down, when you're in the red, okay, you don't want to sell. Right. Because selling means loss. Yeah. Okay. So you have a behavioral mechanism for staying in your losers. Okay. And you will double down. You will triple down. You will say, well, this was a short-term trade, but now it's a long-term investment. You know, you will rationalize to yourself why this is the right decision to stay in this loser until, and this is what Richard Thaler got his Nobel prize for, you get back to break even. Yes. Yes. Okay. So anytime you hear yourself say in your little old head, I'm going to get out when I get back to break even, you should get out now because you are not in the right state of mind to be successful. Okay. And I look, I still struggle with this today. I'm a freaking mathematics, you know, PhD in uncertainty. I'm a 20 plus year market veteran. I've helped tens of thousands of investors. I've taught about this. I've, I've lectured on it to audiences and it's still hard for me today. Okay. So mm-hmm. this is not, this is simple stuff, but it's not easy stuff. These are very powerful, you know, probably, you know, um, ingrained uh, urges in us to protect us. Right. right. And um, so, I've covered kind of what our state of mind is when we're underwater on an investment and we don't want to sell and we want to get back to break even. okay? Now, on the flip side, when you're ahead on an investment, the fact that you hate to lose attaches itself to your profits. Yes. So, you become attached to, um, uh, you become fearful of losing your profits. What does that make you want to do? Hold on forever. No, it makes you want to sell because oh, you don't oh, want to oh. lose those profits, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So, you don't want to lose your profits. So, you have an urge to sell, okay? I had the uh, good fortune, the luck to buy Tesla, you know, on the recent market correction at like $415, right? Yeah. What is it, it at today? It, 18- it, hit, it hit $1,800. Yeah. I don't know where it's at today. I got out because I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I sold it at 1650 or 1675 you know, because it was intolerable to be up 400%, you know, nice. in three months and, and hold on to that, you know, because I couldn't take it anymore, right? right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not complaining, right? That was a f- one of the best traits of my life, you know, yeah, sure. but, uh, but still, I could feel those those powerful urges. So what the way Kahneman put it and what he got the Nobel Prize for is we are risk-seeking when we're losing. Mm. We take more risk when we're losing. We put more money into it. We double down. We hold it for longer periods of time, okay? And we are risk-averse when we're winning. Mm. Now, the markets can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent, have you heard that one? I have. That is John Maynard Keynes, I believe. Okay. What that speaks to is that the markets have momentum. They do things that are outside of what they're expected to do all the time. Right? So they do two, three, four, five, six, seven standard deviation events. You know, you hear Nassim Taleb talking about this and um, they do crazy things. Right? I mean, this, mm-hmm. this uh, coronavirus correction was nuts. It was you know, 40% in like three weeks, right? And then rocketing back up, you know? Um, That's not what the markets are supposed to do. That's supposed to be statistically impossible, you know? But it's not. That's the way markets behave. So the fact that you are risk-seeking with your losers and you're risk-averse with your winners, when those market, you know, outside-the-norm events take place, you are... Because of your psychological bias, you are in a position to be victimized by them and not to capitalize on them. Wow, that's
0: powerful. Okay,
2: it and so is, how can people? You know? How
0: are people victimized? Is it now that well, you're, you're almost? They call it like when you're playing poker, they call it being on tilt, right? So if you're yeah. losing, yeah, and you're even losing more, and now margin you're will, willing margin calls willing to take on you know? more risk to you make up the for people the money that, that you lost? are you
2: know using their. Uh, um, stimulus funds to trade and Robin Hood. Yeah. You, know, you think that's going to um, end well for them? Yeah. I wow. don't, you know, and, and uh, you know, again, it's like stepping into the octagon and you haven't even been to the gym. So, people need to take a step back. I'm, I'm a big fan of people engaging in the markets. That's what I'm doing. I'm helping people to learn these lessons, you know, faster than I learned them, to bring some risk management and mathematics to the table, right? So that's another thing we can talk about. And, uh, and then couple that with how do we leverage technology today to really help us um, adopt better investing behaviors. Mm-hmm. Technology mm-hmm. is a very powerful behavior-shaping um, asset, right? Unfortunately, the ones doing most of the behavior shaping are Google yeah. and Facebook, Facebook and, and Twitter Instagram, and um, the, you know, propagandists of the world, right? Mm-hmm. They're shaping our behavior through technology. So how about we use technology to shape our own behavior in the directions that we want to go, that so we can elect ask you. and opt into ourselves, you know, instead of somebody else electing for us. Yes, I was going to ask you.
0: So, if you were going to give some advice to our audience or to your younger, less experienced self, now that you've been in the markets, PhD, you know, working on through the cycles twenty years, and you're advising thousands, tens of thousands of clients through your technology platforms that you've sold off and the ones that you're developing now, what is some specific advice that you think maybe two to five pieces of advice you would give your younger former self, or some of our audience, or some of your clients? Yep. on how to more effectively be an investor today using some things you talked about, technology, yeah. behavior. What are some things you could pass along in that, in that way?
2: Yeah. So you have to be risk averse with your losers and risk seeking with your winners.
0: Ooh, I like that. Going you have to invert
2: the state of mind that you're in by default and that almost everybody is in, Okay. And the simplest way to do this is with a trailing stop loss. So that's how I discovered this because in 2005, I founded a product called Mm tradestops.com and it was a trailing stop loss alert service, okay? 25% trailing stops was the most common thing that people did on the platform and they would just, you know, hey, I bought this stock and I want to track a 25% trailing stop on it and, um, uh, you know, Keep track of it for me and send me an alert when my stop gets hit, right? Okay. So what a trailing stop does is it limits your losses, okay, right? So you set a fixed level of loss that you will tolerate, right? Mm-hmm. And then as, the, as your profit increases, that trailing stop loss will trail your trail profits up. and always be a fixed percentage, you know, below your profits, right? So you are locking in profits, right? And you're setting a fixed percentage where if, if the loss expands beyond that, you will exit. Okay? Thanks. But what you're also doing is you're giving yourself a mechanism to let your winners go crazy, to stay in your winners longer than you ever imagined possible yes. to achieve what I call irrational profits, right? Right now, we take irrational losses and rational profits. profits. Let's take rational losses and irrational profits okay? Let's let the market's madness work in our favor instead of against us. Mm-hmm. So, look, most of the time, you know, the way investing plays out, you have a bunch of singles, right? You have a couple doubles, you know, and, uh, and when I say singles and doubles, let's, I'm talking about losses and winners, okay? Mm-hmm. So, a single can be a loss, a single can be a, a gain, right? It's like maybe, let's say it's a 10% gain, right? And then occasionally you have some 50%, you know, losses and gains. And yeah, and so you know what it takes to recover from a ninety percent loss? Right? Um, if you're down
0: ninety percent. I don't know the number, but I know simple math is I used to talk about this when I sold financial products. Yeah. You know, if you go from hundred dollars and take a ninety percent loss, you're down to ten, down bucks. To 10 bucks.
2: And now to, to take get...
0: the ten bucks to back to a hundred is not exactly. a ninety percent gain. No. So ninety nine percent gain on ten, $10 times is, $9. is
2: you know. So it's a thousand percent. Yeah, you got to have a thousand percent gain to recover from a ninety percent loss. You're, have you, you ever had, you had a ninety percent loss? You know, I have. Right? Have you ever had a thousand percent gain? Those are darn tough to come by. Yeah, darn tough know? to come by because yeah. we don't allow thousand percent gains. I couldn't endure a thousand percent gain in Tesla. I couldn't hold mm-hmm. on. You know, I, 400% was uh, all I could take. Why not? I love, you know, I love it. Why not hold on until Tesla goes to 5,000 or 10,000? That's not outside of the realm of possibility, you know? Sure. And they are transforming an industry. You know, and they are the technology leaders in an industry that's more going more and more technologies. And are you,
0: so are you tempted to buy uh, back in and then ride? I am.
2: I just think that there's, it's going to be available at a lower price, uh, you know, sometime in the the future, right? But, uh, but look, that's just a speculation. The bottom line is I sold, you know, and I didn't hold on for a thousand percent gain in Tesla, right? So, and again, look, this is just um, kind of, the realities of the markets and the realities of our human psychology applied to the markets, right? Sure. So a simple trailing stop loss can be a very powerful tool to make you risk risk averse with your losses and risk seeking, seeking. with your gains, right? Yeah. I like and it. um and then I added uh, later on, I started to um, incorporate volatility to uh, do what's called volatility budgeting and volatility based stop losses. Right? right, so you know, a, uh, a stop loss on uh, Walmart or Johnson and Johnson, if you want to hold that stock for a year or more, okay, that goes back to your question about time frame, which that's a great topic to talk about. Um, you know, maybe a twelve to fifteen percent stop loss on those blue chip stocks would would give you enough room to make sure you don't get taken out by noise, right, mm-hmm. and that you have a chance to get on board a significant trend. Um, On the other hand, something like Twistler or Tether, (laughs) (laughs) Tesla or Twitter, Um, you might need to go like 35%, right? Because that's a lot, those are a lot more volatile stocks. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, if you want to hold those stocks for at least, you know, a year or more, there's going to be 35%, you know, noise. In those stocks, just because of the uncertainty, right? So, getting back to my PhD, quantifying uncertainty. Um, so, you know, how can you kind of quantify how much noise there's going to be for a given time frame? Right. And and I, you can use volatility as a proxy for risk in that regard. And that's one of the wonderful things about the stock market and the financial markets in general is that they're so data rich. You know that it's not that hard to calculate, you know, what the historical volatility is on something like Tesla, right? right? Because you can see what it's done over the past year and you can apply some simple math to it, like a standard deviation. And, you know, how much does this move around up or right. down? Uh, One of the
1: that you can, can like factor that into audience. your
2: decision making. And that's part of the technology, the new technology that I'm developing yeah. right now. That's phenomenal. One of the things I talk to my audience about, cause I often have
0: investors who are in the markets and they're trading yeah. stocks or they're in mutual funds and they have a managed account and they want to get into real estate and, yep. um, and they have a loss maybe in the markets and they're like, wow, I don't really want to sell it yet. I want to wait like you talked about till it comes back to even, I want to break even then I'll yeah. sell it and move it over to real estate with you and we'll get in this next apartment building or we'll do whatever. Right. Yeah. And I often will tell them, look, what Whoever told you that you had to make up your losses in the same exact position, the same exact stock, the same exact investment, you don't yeah. have to make up all the money in the same thing. I remember my dad telling me, oh, yeah. my God, I'm I'm up, up 80% in this one mutual fund one year. This yeah. is back when I was a kid. And then it was it's down exactly. 45% the next year. And yep. my dad said, well, "I don't want to sell it now. I'm down forty five percent." I said, "Dad, right. what makes you believe that you have to make up your losses in the same exact investment? Why can't you just move it over, buy something else that you know that you feel better about, and make it up over there?" So if you have a loss in one position, like you said, be a little bit more conservative with those losses, protect those losses, maybe sell them yep. off, get rid of them, and yeah. be and cut your losses at a certain point. I've had to do that with some real estate deals. Richard, Josh. where I was in at a certain point, it was yeah. becoming over leveraged. I was over budget. I was over by time. I got screwed by a contractor and I'm like, you know what? Just get rid of it. Cause then mentally what it did for me and you could, I would love for you to comment on this is I was able to exit the, cause you only have a certain amount of power, a certain amount of brain power in your brain that you could you know, allocate to different things. Absolutely. When I exited that deal, it wasn't just about yeah. the $50,000 loss ah. I took. It was about the mind share that no yes. longer had to go into that deal. And I could and yes. focus now on positive things. And we've yes. been able to make that 50,000 up, you know, tenfold or 20 fold. That, that is, to me is, I don't want people getting married to these losses. Like, I'm going to hold on to this asset forever. And then I'm going to think about it every night. I'm going to lose sleep over it. That's the crazy part about investing that many people just won't say, hey, I, I did, didn't do great in this trade, but yeah. um,
2: I got plenty of time. There's always time. Yep. There's always the next yeah. thing. No, it's crazy. You're absolutely right. You're spot on. I love that term mind share. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you gotta think about that. Cause it absolutely is about the mind share that you have, you know, in your head and heart. Mm-hmm. It does stress you out. It takes a toll. And and you will, you know, you will be risk-seeking with that investment, which has already proven itself, by the way, to not be worth your time and energy. Right. And you're going to invest more in it, right? right? You're going to invest more time and energy into it instead of just letting it go when as a business person, you can look at it and go, hey, you know, that, this isn't the smartest use of my money right now. Mm-hmm. So, this is, you know, exactly, it's called the sunk cost fallacy, you know, by mm-hmm. the way. And because um, we have sunk cost in it. So, uh, we don't want to let it go you know? Yeah. Plus the fact that we don't, that we hate to lose and we don't, and you know, it's so egotistical, right? I mean, when you think about it, it's just crazy. It makes no sense. Right. I mean, there's 10,000 stocks in the, in the U.S. stock market. Why does one stock matter, right. you know? And, and is, it, is, it, is it a personal, like, um, you know, criticism of you that you bought a stock and it went down or you bought a real estate investment yeah. and it went down? Is you that know, a personal failure? I mean, is that somehow a, a judgment? Are you going to go to hell? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, that's how right. seriously we take it, right? And it's, uh, it's it really is, it irrational. Is, it is.
0: Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. All those reasons that you mentioned, like, I feel like a failure. I have sunk costs in it. And I think for a lot of people, um, the the concept of money is limited. And money is not limited. The world world can be as big as we want it to be. Our ecosystem, the money that we can use, there's leverage that we can take in real estate deals. We can bring in other people's money. In your world, you can get margin accounts and other dollars to use to make up those losses. It's because people think the money that I have is a finite amount of money. And that's not how the world works. Just because I lose doesn't mean there's always somebody else that has to gain. It's always, there's always more opportunity. There's always more dollars. I mean, Warren Buffett made his fortune off other people's money. Everybody knows that he started that yep. business and didn't put a nickel of his own money into it. Now he's he's super rich because he believed that if he knew what he was doing, people would invest with him. He could use their dollars to earn a fee or joint venture with somebody or partner with somebody to make up those losses or to make another investment. So mentally, why do so many people hang their hat on the fact that money is so limited? I only have X amount to work with and they don't have a, a much bigger idea of the where money goes. Money is always going to flow into good investment. There's always joint ventures happening, partnerships happening on companies and deals. But so many think all the money in the world is just a little bit of money that I have to trade with or to invest.
2: That's not the case. You know, we're um, sadly in the United States for as successful as a society as we are. We're um, criminally illiterate when it comes to finance Mm. and math. I, mean, I, f- I can't figure it out, man. It's like, how, how did this happen? You know, how can it be that in the United States of America, people can be so financially illiterate, mm. so mathematically illiterate, that you don't understand something as simple as expected value, mm-hmm. you know, um, that you don't understand how money works and that, that we have so many messed up, you know, ideas and emotions around money, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, about this time in most of my interviews, people are saying to me, yeah, well, Richard, tell me what I can really do. Give me something specific. You yeah. know, <laughs> give me a silver bullet. Tell me a stock I can buy or a tool I can use or something, right? Sure. But this is the hard reality of being successful. You got to deal with yourself, you know? You have to make sure that you're literate. You have to understand the time frame that you're working on. You have to understand this is a journey and not an overnight thing. I was at a conference, an investment conference early on in my uh, life as an investor, right? And one guy got up and said, hey, you know, here's how you can make 12 to 15% a year with a, only a few hours of work. And the next guy got up and he said, ah, who wants to make 12 to 15% a year? He said, who wants to make 100% a year trading options? Yeah. <laughs> and then I, okay, Mr. Math PhD, said, I have to wait a year to make 100%? Right, like I want to make a hundred percent in a few months. So that's just nuts. That's financially yeah. illiterate, right? <laughs> and you know yeah. that's coming from somebody who has a PhD in the mathematics of risk, right? And um and has had a job since I was ten years old. I've been working, making money. You know, paper routes, grocery stores, uh, ice cream stores. <laughs> you know, um I'm yeah. not like nice. I'm not stupid, and I'm not like. You know, it's not like I've never been around money, but we're we're really financially literate. So what I'm saying is people need to invest a bit in their education. They need to slow down a little bit. They need to realize it's going to take some time. And you need to find out, you know, what are the sort of expected values of the strategies and systems that you're going to use? You know, where mm-hmm. are the dials that you can tune um, to change that around, right? So like when it comes to... Um, Uh, stocks, how long do you want to hold your stocks for, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I personally think that um, for most individuals who are going to be in the stock market, they should not even consider holding their stocks for less than one year on average, okay? So, my philosophy of investing is how do I build a portfolio of 15 um, good, uncorrelated Investment ideas. That's what Ray mm-hmm. Dalio called the Holy Grail of investing. Sure. Fifteen Principles. good, uncorrelated investment ideas. Now, um, there's not really a lot of tools out there that do that for people today. In fact, you know, especially for the average individual investor, right? Maybe you know, for a financial uh, advisor, you've got tools and you've got you know, back office staff that can do that for you, right? right? Sure. But but this is not out of the reach of the individual investor, and this is part of what I'm working on as my new technology. Um, but you know, most, I think the average holding period in the markets lately is something like eight months, you know, 10 Mm. months for a stock, right? It's very short, you know? So, um, again, it's about how do you differentiate, how do you separate yourself from most of the participants in the markets, you know, hold your Mm -hmm. stocks for longer, you know, and depending on how long you want to hold your stock for is going to be a factor in how much risk you need to be prepared to experience. Right. Right. Like if you want to hold your stocks for at least a year or more, you know, you need, and and you're just going to be a buy and hold investor. You need to be okay with probably up to a 50% correction in your portfolio. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you go into it with that mindset and you know that in advance, you know, You're in a totally different psychological and emotional state for what the market throws at you. You might even be like, oh my God, the market's down 50%. That's great. I can buy more at half price because that's what you set your setup for, right? But if you're like, you know, you put all your money into the market right now and a year from now it's down 50%, you know, you're going to throw in the towel at the exact wrong moment in time like Steve, Bant- Steve Bannon's father did, um, mm-hmm. selling all his AT&T stock at the bottom of 2008 because he's watching too much TV. And Steve Bannon went on to get pissed at his old colleagues at Goldman Sachs because they all got made whole and his dad didn't. And that helped get Donald Trump elected.
0: Yeah, how about that? <laughs> that is phenomenal. So, Listen, so yeah, Richard, so that's what to-
2: people have to deal with. And, you know, it's kind of the hard reality that you got to deal with yourself Um, Just one last quick thing I would recommend to people. There's a great talk by uh, Warren Buffett's um, partner, Charlie Munger. Mm -hmm. It's on YouTube. It's Charlie Munger talking to, I think, a Harvard um, audience about um, the work of Robert Cialdini. Oh, yeah. uh, On influence, right? And kind of the the psychology of persuasion Mm -hmm. and influence. But Munger, like a great investor, applies it to himself right mm-hmm. and this is what people have to know and deal with in today's world people know about those influence and persuasion strategies and they're being used commercially against us to get us to buy things and take actions and make po- political decisions and judgments all the time right oh, yeah. if you don't become aware of how these things work in yourself one you're going to be manipulated for somebody else's purposes and two you're never going to be a successful investor because the markets will will take your lunch money, and more, because they do know how this works, you know? That's right. And um, so, you got to figure this out. You got to figure it out for yourself. You have to give yourself some time. You have to take steps, you know? Another analogy I use often is most, most investors, um, you have to think about investing like you would think about learning to fly a plane, you know? You wouldn't just walk out onto the runway, hop into the cockpit of a jet fighter, pull back on the stick, and yeah. expect to be alive, you know, yeah. <laughs> in 10 minutes, right? <laughs> right. So, so, it's a change of mindset, really. Um, it's a reframing, you know, the frames that we use, that we bring to the uh, activities of our lives really matter. Mm-hmm. And so, you got to make sure you have the right frame, and uh, you got to make sure you're in the right state of mind. And that takes a little time, you know. It and it's wonderful, it you know, and going back to the analogy with flying a plane, it's great to fly a plane. It, talk about liberating, freeing, you know, exhilarating, but it doesn't happen just because you get free trades on Robinhood. Right. Yeah. You know? That's phenomenal. It That's a great happen. analogy. It's interesting
0: to see how many people that want to be a successful trader, want to be a successful investor, want to be a successful real estate investor, yeah. but only if it happens now. And I think- yeah. Look, you're going to be alive, let's say, for the next 50 years. And if instead of wanting all to have all that success right now, taking a longer term approach to your investments and taking a longer term approach to your own education, knowledge, and understand that you're going to learn something new, that you're seeking new advice, that you're seeking new knowledge every single day, week, month, year, 50 years from now, you're going to retire. I mean, it doesn't have to be 50 years from now. It could be very, very short term. But let's just say it's 50 years from now. When you die, you will die wealthy, wealthy. Happy with peace yep. of mind, sleeping yep. well at night, if yep. you learn a little bit all the time, as opposed to saying, Oh, I bought this course, I read this book, I watched, I listened to this white paper, I read this, you know, watch where's this the YouTube video. <laughs> where's it, where's it all at? As yeah. opposed to the people that I know that have taken long-term approaches to investing yeah. in the stock markets, long-term approaches to investing in apartments, long-term yeah. approaches to investing in rental properties and yep. the tax advantages and all the stuff that comes with it. Yeah. That's yeah. really where it comes. And then you could, you know, look, you lost yeah. some money today. You can still sleep well at night. Um, Dr. Yeah. Richard, listen, I, we've got to wrap up. This has been an amazing interview and yeah. time with you. I want to encourage all of our audience to go to Dr. Richard's website. It's Richard M. Smith dot com. He's coming out with a brand new book very soon. You can get on the pre-distribution list there. He's got a ton of resources, articles and videos there as well. Uh, please engage with him. He's also got his own podcast. If you want to learn more about his investing strategies, his advice, definitely go and check that out. The podcast is called,
2: remind me, I'm looking at it on your website, Understanding Investing Podcast. Understanding investing podcast. And I think we've uh, covered a lot of that today, Josh. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Listen, thank you so much for joining us today on Accelerated Investor. I had a blast.
2: Thanks for having me. Me too. Take care.
0: So, hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dr. Richard Smith. I really enjoyed interviewing him and understanding what it takes to be a successful investor. Not only the behaviors, but the mindset to be able to pull the trigger. If you enjoyed the interview, leave us a five-star rating in iTunes Give us a thumbs up on Facebook, some likes, some love on YouTube. Go ahead and show this and share this on all social media platforms and let us know how we did. Again, leave us a rating, leave us a review, send us a screenshot of that rating and review, uh, and we will send you a free Accelerated Investor t-shirt. Don't forget to also join our free Facebook group for all of our Accelerated Investor community. Go to Facebook, search Accelerated Investor, send us an invitation or request an invitation to join our free Facebook group. There we can share ideas. You can interact with me and my coaches and my team directly. I look forward to seeing you inside of our free Facebook group. And thanks for listening to my interview with Dr. Richard Smith. Hey, Josh here. And do you want to win a free accelerated investor t-shirt? All you have to do is give accelerated investor, our podcast, accelerated investor, a rating and a review on iTunes. Okay, do that now. Then send us a screenshot on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. What we're going to do then is every week we're going to pick our favorite rating and review and we're going to send that person a free t-shirt and maybe again some other cool fun stuff as well from Accelerated Investors. So again, don't forget to take a screenshot, leave a rating, review, take a screenshot, send it to us so we know exactly who you are. And then Once a week, every week on the podcast, we will announce a new winner. Don't forget to take a screenshot and send it to us so we know exactly who you are. We'll announce a new winner every week.
1: You've been listening to Josh Cantwell and the Accelerated Investor Podcast. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next or who you'd like Josh to interview. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Follow Josh Cantwell and his companies, Strategic Real Estate Coach and Freeland Ventures on all social media platforms now and stay up to date on new training and investment opportunities to start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of apply for coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com